Okay, she's starting off strong. That scared me. Welcome back to Behind the Crime. I'm Rebecca Wood. And I'm Ella Calora. And we're your hosts. This was supposed to come out in August, as we said in our previous episodes. And the one before that. Yeah. Well, I said previous episodes. I know, but I I geared up to say it, and then you said episodes, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh. You still said it. It it just came out. Anyway, guys, um, we did not release these episodes in the summer, as you can tell. Um, So you're going to hear us referring to this episode as our August one, and it's definitely going to be out in November. Yeah, this one will probably be out in November. So, you know, I don't know, maybe you guys miss August, just reminisce on that. Yeah. Reminisce on the beach. Yeah, even Your beach though trips. we're not talking about the beach. Yeah, but we're gonna talk, we're talking about summer in August. And I think in this episode, we might talk about, we went to the spring carnival, I think, the day we recorded this. Oh, yeah. Oh, so we're going to be... Guys, s- we recorded this so long ago. <laughs> I'm wearing the shirt from that day that we got. Oh, yeah. All right. Anyways, <laughs> we'll get into the episode now. I'm Rebecca Wood. And I'm Ella Calora. And we're your hosts. If you couldn't tell, I lost my voice yesterday. Yeah. Um, we were actually supposed to record yesterday, and I woke up with absolutely zero sound coming out of me. And I texted Ella and said, slight issue. Yeah. <laughs> I legit can't talk. So this is the after. It's mostly better. So you're going to have to bear with the raspiness for this episode. Yeah. If her voice goes out, just pretend like it didn't. Yeah. I have green tea with ginseng and honey, and I have cough drops, and I have water, so I feel like I'm prepared. Can I just say, the tea that she just, she just made it sound like she has a fancy tea. She has a can of Arizona tea. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, honey, I met, I just met, like. That is so funny. Wait, you guys introduced me We have a special guest. Her name is Abigail. You've seen her before. Uh, This is my third time on. Yeah. Hi, I'm Abby. (laughs) That's usually how I introduce myself for these, so. Yeah. The I tea just, comment. Well, <laughs> my thing was, I was just saying, like, it has honey in it, so it's good for my voice. Yeah. That's, all, that's why I was saying it. It is Arizona, and I love Arizona, and it's cheap, so. It is cheap. <laughs> True. It's okay. good. Well. I wasn't dissing Arizona. You anyways, just made it sound like you got, like, a bougie tea. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I was just saying it has honey. Okay. Anyways... <laughs> What's the topic for today, Our topic is killer kids, so kids who have killed people, you know, when they were children. Both of our kids are about the same age, around the same age. Yeah. And, yeah, we're going to start with my case, which is Jasmine Richardson. I'd heard of her before, but I had never delved into researching too much about her until now. And this took place in Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada. That's where she lived. What what an odd name for a... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. And it also happened in 2006, so not too long ago. I was about to say, it's not that long ago. Coming Um, up on 20 years and, you know, three years. So so. the perpetrators of this murder were two people, so I'm going to start on the background of both of them and then how they kind of knew each other. So just the background on the two perpetrators that you'll find out about more soon The first one is Jasmine Richardson, who was 12, so she is the killer kid that we're kind of focusing on. And she was born to Deborah and Mark Richardson, and she had an 8-year-old brother whose name was Tyler Jacob, but I believe he mostly went by Jacob. Mm -hmm. Once again, they lived in Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada, 
And in 2005, when Jasmine was 11, she became goth. Mm-hmm. she kind of like found this goth group of kids at her school and became friends with them and like there was a, a like a noticeable shift within her family but they still tried to do their best to like support her they're like okay well she's goth and we don't love that but we're not gonna dislike her just because she's goth or whatever yeah but apparently classmates after she started dressing in all black and wearing dark makeup were afraid of her and actively avoided her hmm. she's also 11 in dressing goth like that's really young yeah yeah especially if her parents there was no goth influence yeah. beforehand it was mostly mm-hmm. when she hit 12 like that she was like fully i was gonna ask like was it did she fully become goth at 11 or was it that's 12? when 2005 when she was 11 is when she was first exposed to it to mm-hmm. that group of goth kids at her middle school i'm guessing yeah what is that sixth grade seventh grade i don't know because it also fifth. could be different in canada oh Oh, I was, see, I'm, we're both young, so we were younger in oh. fifth grade. It's um, around that. Grade. So anyways, at 12, she frequented the site vampirefreaks.com. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, that's not. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Her username was Runaway Devil, and she also said oh. she was 15 on that app, or mm-hmm. on that website, which is obviously a lie. Mm-hmm. And her bio, like, her bio was, welcome to my tragic end. Oh, Mm-hmm. And she loved punk rock and kind of mm-hmm. where things started to go really south was when her parents, because they were still trying to like have a relationship with her, even though she was kind of distancing herself and mm-hmm. like she was posting very weird things on her vampire yeah. freaks account. Like she was, they were trying to let her to be her own person. Yeah. But at so the they same let her time. go to this punk rock concert and I'll tell you why that was bad later oh, on. Oh my God. They let her actually go. I yeah. know this case, Becky. I figured you would. You're from Canada. No. <laughs> People, this is a lie. I am not Anyways, from Canada. I'm going to get into the other perpetrator, who is Jeremy Steink, who was 23. Or, if you ask him, he was a 300-year-old werewolf. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> this just sounds so ridiculous. Also, his the actual age difference is, is 11 years. It's so insane. gross. It's so And it's not gross. just 11 years and they're both over 18. It's 11 years and she is 12. She's not 12. even a teenager yet. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, that not if she was 13 it would be any better, but doesn't yeah, like regardless like that is he a is child. So a he, pedophile, like that's so gross. Legitimately, yeah. He had been goth for a while before her and he also frequented vampirefreaks.com, mm-hmm. which is how a lot of people assumed they met, but it actually was not how they met. They met at that punk rock concert yes so they met there but a little more background on him before i get into their relationship actually he had a history of violence and wore a vial of blood around his neck and claimed to his friends that he liked the taste of blood no Mm -hmm. no he was a victim of abuse his mother was an alcoholic growing up and her partner abused him and he had multiple suicide attempts before he met jasmine Mm -hmm. Sorry, no, do you know. you know when he became goth? Like, when he got into it? I don't know, but I'm assuming in his teenagers, There wasn't yeah. as much background on him, which I kind of find found interesting because she was the one who was a minor at the time. Mm-hmm. And actually, in the court system, once because she was under 14, they only referred to her as JR because they couldn't use her name because she was a minor. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. weird that they don't have yeah. uh, nearly as much information on the one who was an adult. Right. And but 23. It's, it's also probably because she was, 
it was 2006 there was a little bit more social media than when he was her age you know what i mean that's true so she just had more of a footprint out there that's true because for a while even after the murders you could see their posts to each other on some of these sites Um, wow but then they removed them yeah yeah of course their relationship they met each other at the whatever punk rock concert i couldn't find what band it was but the Mm. concert was in 2006 and they fell in love i have that in quotes obviously and obviously jasmine's parents were very very angry when they found out about her werewolf boyfriend who was 11 years older than her as they should be as Mm -hmm. they should i i would be shocked i would be mad i would be mad if they weren't yeah because upset. it's not like yeah. they weren't even Obviously. they were mad at her for being goth they were like you can express yourself how you mm-hmm. want you can be how you want well they even let her go to the concert yeah, so which clearly they, they were trying yeah, yeah. At age 12 mind you so obviously they didn't yeah. care if she was mm-hmm. like goth but like, yeah i don't even i don't know if they went with her or not or who went with her someone had to i doubt they just based on in. how her parents were i i doubt that they let her go by herself especially at age 12 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my voice oh my god so <laughs> They forbid her to see him, rightfully so, and also took her computer away because that's how they kept in contact. Yeah. And they started therapy with her to help her understand why the relationship wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. And also to work on their relationship because she was very, very angry with them for yeah. forbidding her to see him. I bet. So, like, they were doing all the right things. I was just about to say, they were doing everything or yeah. as much as, as they could, you know, yeah. what they could afford. I mean, I guess it would have been better should. if they had seen her activity online before this like yeah i thought she's on a site called vampire freaks and also in her bio i can't remember all the words but she had like words that described her and one of the words was kinky oh not at 12 exactly and that's at age 12 possibly even 11 because i don't know when she got the account so it's like if they were monitoring her site like her internet a little bit better maybe it could have helped but at the same time how were they supposed to know yeah they were just trying to have a good relationship with their daughter you know i just say 11 or 12 year olds even 13 and 14 year olds should not have that much access to the internet without some kind of supervision or like block blockage or something like that should not this should not happen yeah mm-hmm. but once again in their defense it was so new all this mm-hmm. stuff so they probably just didn't know what to do yet in 2006 i mean we were three years old yeah so in their defense you know what i mean and i feel like they were tr- they probably they i know their relationship was already struggling so i think they were just trying to do the best they could to keep their relationship okay so that she would go to them with stuff but yeah. obviously that did that not work. work yeah so obviously jeremy and jasmine were both very angry at her parents and discussed killing them as the solution oh my god they used this how did they still have contact with each other at a certain point she convinced her parents that she was she got it and she wouldn't contact him anymore so they gave the computer back and they they went around like normal sites like they wouldn't message each other where they could check because they would check at this point yeah but there was this app which is called nexopia which is apparently or was very popular in canada mm-hmm. i read about it and they used that to communicate with each other and it's kind of like a blog type thing before you move on i want to say that i feel like you can fault the parents for so much but because this was such a new age of of the internet yeah. even mm-hmm. like just and when they found out they were doing all the right things right like no, yeah they like were. you can't you know you can't you can only fault them to a point i feel yeah. like they were so naive and that's probably a, a reason why they also gave the computer back too yeah because they, yeah. they, they wanted would to, have had they no were idea thought, about any of this they thought rebuilding the, that would help them rebuild their relationship mm-hmm. because she was like 
not talking to them like talk to her friends about wanting to kill them like it was bad yeah they were desperate yeah, yeah. i mean yeah, it's sad. no like they did do everything that they could but it's yeah. just like oh yeah so most people not even just her parents disapproved of the relationship like jasmine's even her goth friends like her only friends that she had which was the goth group they all were like that's not okay because he's 23 and you're 12 mm -hmm. and those are the people she was probably going to as well so that's also yeah. like exactly. a, you know like a so it's like if even the flag. people in your like Obviously. community and who have like-mindedness are saying this yeah, is wrong right, right you should you should listen to yeah. them <laughs> so on his blog jeremy on the nexopia nexopia he wrote i'm gonna read a quote from it payment exclamation point my lover's rents are totally unfair semicolon they say that they really care semicolon they don't know what is going on they just assume dot 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 their throats i want to slit dot 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 oh my god finally there shall be silence their blood shall be payment he posted what? that posted that and no oh, i feel that's like that's just crazy and this wasn't on this wasn't on the goth website anymore this was on. i like, think that was on the it wasn't the vampire freaks one that's it was what i meant nexopia nexopia which I don't know if it's still around anymore, but if it is, it's not popular. Um, kind of like MySpace type. Yeah, like the, the yeah, but like specifically fall, for Canada. Yeah, right. She okay. also had MySpace accounts as well. I think with fake ages as well. That should have raised some flags, especially if next Nexopia Nexop. Nexop. I don't know how Nexop. to say it. I think Nexopia. We know. I feel like the viewers know what we're talking about. Anyways, Sorry, no, it's. Okay. I I feel like that should have raised flags to begin with, especially mm -hmm. if it wasn't like the Vampire Freaks website yeah. yeah you know um, yeah like, but it was i think it was even though it was popular it was really only popular among like teenagers like her age and maybe mm -hmm. his age of like young adults so it was like the people seeing it were kind of feeling the same naive yeah they yeah naive, they don't naive. know well they probably could have just thought like he's just overreacting because they also probably didn't realize that his girlfriend was 11 years younger than him the people reading it you know yeah. did she look older she did not look above i mean i would say she looked 15 like i would be, would have believed that she was 15 mm. so people who came across her on those sites like if they probably were like 16 they probably night. yeah but she did not look old enough for him you know what i mean and also he met her in person but believe it or not it actually wasn't jeremy's plan to kill them it was jasmine's oh yeah, she emailed him, and this I'm just going to give a quote of what she said, mm -hmm. and then what he responded with. It begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. He oh. replied, well, I love your plan, but we need to get a little more creative with, like, details and stuff. <gasps> oh, he didn't even try to, like... Yeah, well, because they discussed it frequently. But then I guess this was the final, like, we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And an email... <laughs> I know, like, that's the only way they could, like, communicate, but, like, yeah. how are the parents not checking the emails? Yeah. Do well, because you know at mean? this point, they were under the impression that she got why it wasn't okay. She was just faking it. Like, mm. yeah, I'm literally manipulating them into giving her access to him again. So, that's so frustrating. I'm going to get into the murders. Okay. Jeremy snuck into the Richardson house with a butcher's knife. He wore all black, and he wore a ski mask, and this was on April 22nd. Um, in 2006 mm -hmm. Deborah woke up to a noise in the basement so she went down to investigate and Jeremy was there waiting and he stabbed her to death 
Then Mark, the husband, he woke up hearing his wife's screams and he ran down there to help, not really knowing what it was yet. Yeah. And he fought Jeremy off with a screwdriver, actually, but Jeremy still ended up killing him. He stabbed him as well. But while this was happening, Jasmine was upstairs with her younger brother and she stabbed him in the chest. Oh, my God. And then Jeremy went upstairs as well and he slit Tyler Jacobs' throat because I guess she did not do enough with her stab that he was still alive. Oh, my God. And how old was the brother? Eight. Um, oh, no. He was pleading for his life and saying, no. I'm scared. I'm too young to die. But they killed him anyways. <gasps> Jesus Your Christ. Your Yeah. She claimed that she killed the brother because it would have been cruel to let him live without his parents. So it wasn't no. cruel to slit his throat? Yeah. Like, what? That's um, so... How about don't you don't kill anyone? Yeah, I like, know. Oh, this is making me upset. I know. This is uh, this is upsetting. And he was so, so young. It gets a little bit more upsetting when I tell you how the bodies were discovered. Okay. Oh. The next morning, it was like freezing out, even though it was late April. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a six-year-old boy, a neighbor, <gasps> no. was looking for Jacob, hoping to play. No. And then he saw the bodies of the parents through the window. So he ran home and his parents called the police. And then they discovered the parents in the basement and... Tyler Jacob in his bed or a bed upstairs with a lot of blood. Oh my god. I can't even imagine being the child, that six year old child. I know. You're just traumatized for the rest of your life. I don't know if he knew exactly what he saw or if he just realized something was wrong. Like he might have thought they were sleeping, you know what I mean? He probably realized though, like later on, older, like, and you know with the internet access being so easily accessible mm-hmm. yeah he probably, i hope his parents put him in therapy i hope so too I hope oh so too, i hope yeah. i hope yeah he can heal you know yeah, yeah. but he, like he was really he just wanted a play date because they apparently like played oh. together all the time so police immediately realized that somebody was missing because where the parents were in the basement there was a family portrait so they realized that they're missing a body so initially they thought yeah. she was kidnapped you know because they you know they knew it was an invasion like it wasn't from within the house necessarily this is just like the gypsy rose case or there is another case too where literally a girl calls her boyfriend and is like i want to kill my family or kill my mom and then it they do it and then you know when they find the bodies they're like oh she was kidnapped and then it was like nope she's the one that because gypsy rose and i don't remember but the difference is that at least like she wasn't abused in any way at all like it was yeah. a really good family mm-hmm. i think the other girl that i'm thinking of is jasmine void i could have the wrong last name but there's Jasmine's. so many cases like yeah that. but they realized pretty quickly that she was not kidnapped and she actually had a part in the murders yeah they searched her locker at school to see if anything would give like hopes to like where she was like being kidnapped and they found a drawing of a girl like a like a stick figure drawing like it wasn't a good drawing or anything yeah of a girl lighting her house on fire with her family inside and running to her boyfriend's truck jeremy did have a truck oh my god so she literally just admitted you know i don't know kind of like drew her fate you don't even does that make sense yeah because even though it wasn't a fire or anything she still killed her family and then ran away with her boyfriend's truck right so on April 24th, so two days after the murder, they were found about 100 miles away, and mm. they were arrested 
on three counts of first degree murder, each mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Both of them were for first degree. But yeah. apparently they were spotted about two hours after the murders at a restaurant kissing and laughing. No. Like a nearby restaurant, too. They were not far away. So I guess they were like, well, we have to warning until they're discovered, I guess. At trial, she testified saying the reason she killed them. I loved him so much, I thought it would bring us closer together. Basically saying she did it because they were keeping them apart and she wanted to be with him. Mm-hmm. They were keeping you apart from, you a, apart pedophile, from a pedophile. From a literally, predator. from a pedophile. <laughs> yeah. Like... You're you're so close, but so far. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. What? Oh, my God. So about their trial, after they were arrested, Jeremy proposed to her in a letter, and she accepted. They were exchanging Come on, jailhouse bro. letters while they were wa- awaiting trial. Who allowed that? Yeah, I was about to say, who, who let that happen? allowed that? I don't know. Also, a friend of Jeremy, her name was Casey Lancaster. She was charged as an accessory because she she drove them away and also disposed of evidence. Oh. Yeah. I know those charges were dropped to something lower, like withholding evidence, I believe. Mm -hmm. But it's like she literally was their getaway car. Mm -hmm. Like literally the accomplice. She was an accessory to murder. Like, Mm -hmm. Right. But anyways, she... Jasmine was diagnosed with oppositional defiance disorder and conduct disorder while she was in jail, still age 12, which basically means she has, like, outbursts of anger mm-hmm. and violence. Yeah, she definitely had, like, other mental health issues as well, like depression. Like, I think that was kind of how she fell into the whole mm-hmm. vampire freaks mm-hmm. website. Yeah. Because I know she posted about, like, depression and I believe self-harm. Which Jeremy also had a history of. Yeah. So it's also reported at the trials that she frequently discussed her plans to kill her parents with her friend, but none of them took her seriously. And during the trial, she claimed that she didn't mean it and it was just stupid talk. What? How well, is you it stupid did, talk when you went you? through with it? Exactly. How did you not mean it That's if you literally did it? stupid talk. You went through with but it. But yeah, she said that like on trial, under oath. Mm-mm. Okay, girl. She's, she's, okay, this is not an excuse, but like. She's gonna say stuff like that because she's like this reckless. Yeah, yeah, I know. Teenager, she's not even a teenager, but you know. Mm-hmm. What I mean? Well, once the trial started, she, she actually was thirteen. Was 13 okay, so she was okay. technically she a teenager. Was. She's actually the youngest person, believed to be the youngest person in Canada to ever be charged with multiple counts of murder. Hmm. Yeah. Well, twelve is young, so yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not it's not common for a a case mm-hmm. for murder to be from a child. Yeah, I know. So. So the trial was in 2007, now she's 14, and she pleaded not guilty to all three counts of first-degree murder. Luckily, she was found guilty on all three counts. Good. I was getting nervous. Um, I was getting nervous. A month later, yeah. So the trial started in June and ended in July for her, and she was found guilty. But she was only sentenced to 10 years. you got to be joking. Because of... The Youth Criminal Justice Act, which basically says anyone convicted under 14 cannot be tried as an adult, and that the max sentence for a minor is 10 years. Mm -mm. So she got 18 months credit for time served while awaiting trial, and four years she was supposed to be, were supposed to be spent in a psychiatric facility, and after she was released from prison, she had to have 
four and a half years of supervision within this like psychiatric community. Yeah. And then she could be released into the world all on her own. So after five years of not reoffending, her as an adult, her youth record will be sealed. Bruh. So that basically means at this point her record is sealed. You so they can't like and she, yeah. This is a silly question. They can't like retry her. Does that make does that is that a thing? You can't like No, they can't. Okay. That's mm. ooh. But it's also like now when she applies to jobs and stuff, they won't have access to her record. No. No. Yeah. Okay, but what That's... if she tries to go and like work at a place with children? Yeah, like she murdered us an eight year old boy. Anyone. Well anyone like the yeah. general public. But yeah. Yeah. I but I know what you mean, but like that's not fair. I know. That um, isn't fair. That's not even giving justice to her family. I know. No, because also... Oh, that's upsetting. No matter where she goes and, like, finds a job, that's not fair to the employer because then, say or someone the comes... employees. Someone... Yeah. Say someone comes into your business and they recognize her and know what she does. That's a way to lose customers, and yeah. that employer could never know because they're not allowed to see those records. Yeah, and obviously she goes by a different name now. We don't know the name. We're not allowed to know the name. Yo. Yeah. So she was released in 2011 at age 16 and became a freshman at Mount Royal University in Calgary, Alberta, which was the hospital facility for her four and a half years of supervision. Well, she got released earlier than I thought. Well, she got released after the... Because she had the four years to spend in the psychiatric and yeah. then the four point five to be supervised. So I don't she oh didn't spend God. that much time actually in prison. Come on. That is Yeah. And the at her last like court appearance, her lawyer said that or I think the prosecutor somebody said that every time she's reintegrated it's gonna be a super, super small step. Like the first step will be like going into her room at the facility then it'll be like a walk around the facility and then soon she'd have full access to the facility and then eventually she would have be out of the facility living on her own and she'd have like a couple more court appearances and then she's done imagine See, but it does not matter because she killed her entire family yeah how could she ever find like a significant other well she can because they don't know her history that's some that's such oh that's me so that's yeah. like worse than i don't that's worse than what i thought it was going to be actually yeah i don't i don't in 2016 her sentence was fully complete meaning she was fully a free woman and her lawyer whose name is katherine bayak bayak said that she was unlikely to reoffend, and she's the one who said that after five years of not committing any crimes as an adult her youth record would be sealed also during her release like the court, last court appearance before her release, she spoke to the press and thanked the judge, but didn't express any remorse. Yeah, I was waiting for the remorse coming. Yeah, you don't, no, I was waiting not for once it. did she express, yeah, express remorse. I figured. Shouldn't that be like okay. a red flag, like something yeah. going off, being like she didn't re express any type of remorse? I know. Shouldn't that raise, you know, eyebrows? Hang on. Her lawyer saying she is unlikely yeah, but you can't guarantee that. Again. You can't. That's that's my point. Like, like, yeah, maybe now that she's in prison and she's probably been medicated for her disorders. But who's that she to has. say she doesn't stop her exactly. medicine? That's who's watching her? No one. I know. Right. So she's living somewhere unnamed in Canada, no idea where, and no idea what her new name is. 
and also in the court, like like I said, she was only recognized as JR. And the only reason we have her name in all of this is because it was so public on social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So just to talk about Jeremy Steink. He admitted to the murders to an undercover cop while in custody. So he's stupid. <laughs> he's so stupid. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he did. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm glad he, he did, too, stupid. but come on, bro. Uh, yeah. So at his at his trial, his mother testified, and she also was apparently termini- terminally ill at this point. His mother? His own mother, yes. She okay. testified saying he was bullied, abused, self-harming for years, and suicidal in his okay. youth. Okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It. I know. Right. And then Deborah Richardson's excuses. brother, Pete Doolin, testified saying he forgave him for the murders. Wait. So the the brother of uh, Jasmine's mother, so her uncle, Jasmine's uncle, Jasmine's testified uncle. on Jeremy's behalf saying he forgave him for the murders. Did he say that about, did he say that he forgave Jasmine? I didn't see anything about that, but I also know that That's she wasn't obviously up for anything super extreme because she couldn't be longer than 10 years. That's interesting. Who is, I'm sorry, I don't. Jasmine's like, uncle. Uh, yeah, I know he's like his uh, her uncle and stuff. But like who family. are you to? Actually, but who are you to say that right? and speak for your dead, dead sister, sister and nephew and, and nephew brother-in-law. and brother? Literally, you were not there. You don't like. I mean, oh my god! Like I that's will so... never understand. Like, how do you forgive someone? For I know. That? And it's like it's one thing to forgive them on your own time, but to testify for him like on his behalf. That's, that's, that's weird. crazy. That's yeah. weird. But luckily. He was still found guilty on all three counts mm-hmm. and sentenced to three concurrent life sentences. And he is still in prison now, but in 2033, at age 50, he'll be eligible for parole for the first time. <sighs> if so, you want to see a photo of the two of them, okay. that's we'll what they post look like. The photos yeah, we'll on post our them. Story. And we also have a photo of before she became goth and after, so we'll post those. Yeah, you can definitely wow. see her emotional change yeah you can because she looks so happy in the her one and then the other one yeah. she just looks is this like the one lady. after like her that's before oh before before going off that's after you know what she doesn't look she doesn't look 12 yeah 11. but she doesn't look 18 no, no. she doesn't know like she looks like she, a 16 year old girl that's what i'm saying she walked up means at 15 i'd buy it yeah but yeah doesn't excuse anything of but course i can see why people weren't like that doesn't right. look like a you know yeah, exactly. she looks like a child like reporting or whatever but yeah. also when you put heavy makeup on too it adds oh it makes exactly. you you're so yeah mm-hmm. you're you're adding to the, the illusion that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well that is enough talking for me <laughs> let's move to ella's case yeah so mine is the case of eric smith this is a pretty popular case i would say somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle So this happened in Savona, New York. I'm going to talk a little bit about Eric Smith first, who was the killer, and then I'm going to talk about the victim. So Eric Smith, he was 13 years old at the time. He grew up across town from the victim in Savona, New York. His grandparents, Red and Eddie Wilson, he he was closer to them than his actual parents. His parents were Tammy, and his stepdad was Ted. I couldn't find a whole lot about what happened to his biological dad, Mm -hmm. but I did read that he was closer with his grandparents than his parents, so there was some kind of emotional damage there. Yeah, yeah. So he 
had bright red hair, freckles, glasses. He didn't have a lot of friends. He was bullied. He had speech problems, I read. So he was kind of a loner. The victim was four-year-old, almost five, Derek Roby. His parents were Dale and Doreen Roby, and he had a little brother named Dalton. So that's got to be so hard to explain to an even younger sibling. I know. Than yeah. Four. Mm-hmm. yeah. So this took place in 1993. I'm going to get into the morning that it happened. So on the morning of August 2nd, 1993, Derek, he, so there was a park like right down the street from his house and he spent a lot of time there. He liked playing t-ball and he was in a recreational program. So that morning, his mom like always walked him down to the park and then left him there with the leaders of the recreational program and then went back home. But that morning, Dalton, his little brother, was fussy, and Derek told his mom that he would just walk down the street by himself. And this was the first time that Doreen, like, let him go anywhere by himself but she figured since it was down the street and he had walked to and from the park multiple times it would be fine that just makes it so much worse that it was like his first time going somewhere by himself yeah and so it was literally just like less than a block and there was no streets to cross and the street like there was it was a dead end street so she figured that there was nowhere else that he could have gone okay so She lets him walk to the park, and then a little while later, a storm rolls in, and it starts to rain, and Dory, or Doreen, people called her Dory, she just all of a sudden, like, felt this panic, Mm -hmm. and she had, like, this awful feeling, and she says that she believed that this, that was the moment that he died. Mother's intuition. I was just going to say, like, a mother's intuition is crazy. I just got goosebumps, and I've already... Yeah, I've already read. I already read about this. It, no, like, it's like it. Yeah, it's insane how like in tune you know yeah. mothers can mothers be with are, their children. Yeah. Like it's I mean, crazy. any parent really can be. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times you hear about it more with the mothers, especially mm-hmm. with older cases, because they're mm-hmm. more likely to be like stay at home moms, so they spend a lot of time with the kids. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she just had this awful feeling, and she's she even like says now like it was just very overwhelming and she now believes that that was the moment that he died and he was kind of letting her know that he was leaving oh i know it's so so heartbreaking yeah literally heartbreaking (laughs) so she goes to the park to get Derek, and everyone there told tells her that he never arrived oh no then police are called and a search goes out and about five hours later Derek's body was found in a small patch of grass, like, in this field, just a few yards from the park and a few hundred yards from his own house. Oh, my God. I just got goosebumps. That's so, that's so sad. Derek had been choked, beaten to death with rocks, and he he had a lunch bag with him, and his banana was found smashed just right next to him that's so weird and his kool-aid was poured into his wounds Mm. that were left by the rocks literally evil yeah i know literally evil Mm -hmm. so people believe that it was a stranger from out of town 
yeah, they all thought it was an adult. Parents well, then yeah. started keeping their kids inside because everyone thought that there was this Killer stranger, well, rightfully you know, so, going around picking up children and killing them. Right. So, yeah, police believe that Derek was lured from the sidewalk, strangled, and then Eric, who they later found out was the murderer, had dug up two rocks, one small, one bigger, and hit Derek with them. He also sodomized Derek with a small stick, and then the body was also arranged, so his left sneaker was taken off and put near his right hand and then his what? right sneaker was taken off and put near his left hand there's just did, so much um, extra did eric ever say why he did that like place the shoes in no by each hand he just had so much no. weird random like obviously the smashed banana the, 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 the yeah so. It's just like, why did he do all that? Like, that's so weird. Like, who gave him those thoughts in his little brain? Sometimes they, they just don't have a reason. No. I know. And so, that's the worst. At the time that his body was discovered, they thought it was an adult, a stranger from out of town. Mm -hmm. Four days later, Eric goes to the police station to see if he could help. So I... It was unclear why his parents took him to the police station. I'm assuming that he said something like, I saw that little kid or something like that mm -hmm. to his parents. And then his parents were like, well, let's go tell the police. Once again, doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. So police didn't know or think that Eric did it. This 13-year-old yeah. kid, they just thought that he saw Derek right before he was killed so yeah and maybe he could have seen the person who did it mm -hmm. police say that when he was first taken into the station for questioning about when he saw in quotation marks derek he, eric was upbeat very happy to be to be like talked to and inserting himself first, in the yeah, at first, right. Eric denied seeing Derek at all. What? And then abruptly changed to saying that he saw him from across the street. And he said that he saw Derek in an open field. And he also could tell investigators exactly what Derek was wearing and details about his lunchbox. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Red flags. The, like, the, the... 180 of the story too mm -hmm. should have been like mm -hmm. a, a an indicator but i feel like if i was the police me suspecting a kid would feel so wrong yeah so yeah. i understand them not you know wanting to like mm -hmm. suspect that it's eric yeah even though he's willing to participate in mm -hmm. the and him trying to insert himself into the investigation yeah like you said becky trying to you know see what they know see what, yeah, they, see they, know, what they know and then beat around the bush yeah like yeah. that never works kid. that never works yeah not so, saying that i just from cases like yeah when people do that that never. i works. just think it's crazy that a 13 year old kid was like let me see what they know right that's what i'm saying like where where, where, was he, going where did this on? come from how did yeah like we know where jasmine had all her weird thoughts coming from right the sources were there from her little websites little but websites, like what but, was he yeah. doing in his free time yeah right so, as they were interrogate, well, not interrogating because they still didn't think that he had done it. Mm. When they were talking to him, they started pushing to find out 
when Eric last saw Derek. And at this point, Eric started getting very emotional. And he said to the police, you think I killed him, don't you? Oh, oh why would so you say that? So then they took a little break, and Eric's dad brought him a cup of Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. And no. then they got back into talking to Derek, and it was okay until they started asking again where Eric had seen Derek last. Mm-hmm. Eric got emotional again and threw the Kool-Aid across oh. the room. So then investigators upset. started to think that Eric saw something more than just seeing Derek. Like they started to mm. think that he saw the Derek being killed. Uh, they still didn't think that Eric did it. I mean, that would make sense for the emotional response that he mm-hmm. had. Right. And yeah, investigators just thought that he had saw Derek being murdered yeah. and kind of blocked it out because he was right, traumatized. like emotional trauma. Yeah. yeah, and going back to the fact that the police don't want to suspect a child. Yeah, that's probably the yeah. last thing that they wanted to think. And of. also back then, I mean, no one was thinking a child could pull this off anyway. Yeah, especially with the shoes, the banana, mm-hmm. the pouring, the cool, like all that. The those overkill. things. That's not what. It, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not what anyone would do, but that's not what a child would do. And do you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then investigators had Derek get on his bike and show them where he was when he saw Derek. Hmm. And they took a video of this, and in the video, Eric looks very calm. He actually looks like he's enjoying it. Well, he definitely was. And then during that, the investigators started to realize that where Eric said that he was he could not have seen everything mm-hmm. that he was I knew that was coming. Yeah. Also, random, well, not really random. Is this video, like, available? Mm-hmm. Oh, just out and about. That's kind of weird. Yeah, of him showing investigators where he was on his bike. So that could literally saw. just be a YouTube search mm-hmm. if people wanted. In the, That's so... In the documentary bleh. that I was watching, I they had clips of it in there. I, I can see it being thrown into a documentary. Mm-hmm. But, like... I don't yeah. know. Just having it accessible on YouTube is so. Yeah. I hope that's not the case. I'm not going to look it up because mm-hmm. I obviously yeah. don't want to, but the idea that it could be there is very yeah. off putting. Mm-hmm. So, Eric's family at this point knew that he was hiding something, but they didn't think that he did it. So, one day, his like entire family sat him down and were like begging him to tell them what he saw. And again, they did not think at all that he had done it. Right. They're probably scared the killer would come for him next because he witnessed it. Yeah, I forgot to mention. Derek was buried five days after he was killed, and he was buried in his T-ball uniform. Two days after he was buried, that's when Eric's family were, like, begging him Mm -hmm. to tell them. And he finally came out and said, I'm sorry, Mom, I'm sorry, I killed that little boy. Are you sorry, though? And... When his family asked him why, he just said, I don't know. So his family took him to the police. At least they're doing the right things. Mm -hmm. Right. If they were like, okay, well, let's 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 coach you through this, like what we should say. Right. Like they did. The the parents did the right thing. We'll just do Mm -hmm. anything for their kids, but it's still like, that's someone else's kid. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Please continue. I'm ready. So then getting into the trial. Is this going to upset me? 
Eventually, yes. No. So in New Hard York no. at the time, 13-year-olds could be tried as adults. So he mm-hmm. was tried as an adult. Good. They were claiming mental disease and... Okay, and that they doesn't also, like, excuse it. Right. They also were saying that it wasn't premeditated, so they were trying to get him a smaller sentence. Um, no. <laughs> no. They talked about how when Eric was a kid, he would throw temper tantrums and bang his head so on I. the floor. Oh, I didn't do that. Wait, what, what else did he, he do? Bang his head on the floor. Oh, and why gosh. didn't they bring him to therapy? You would think that those would also... Be yeah. flags to be like, hey, there's something he wrong with our child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So parents bring your kids to therapy. Well, this this gets better. So apparently at some point in Eric's childhood, he told his dad that he wanted to hurt someone. Bruh. And he says They could have stopped this from happening. Yeah. Like literally went to his dad and said that he wanted to hurt somebody. I don't know what age he was when he said that to his dad. Doesn't I mean doesn't matter because like no. he's a child regardless. They could have literally stop this from happening if they just went so to preventable. A doctor, um, a psychiatrist. One of the things about the trial that Derek's parents were upset about is that when they took the stand, they weren't allowed to talk about Derek. His mom really own like really just wanted to get up there and talk about. Derek, like how he was this happy, energetic little mm. boy who loved yeah. playing t-ball, and I she never got to. it. Just in in the eyes of the judge, it wasn't important. Oh, let me speak with him or her. Yeah, another quote from Eric when asked why he did it, he said, "I don't know. I just saw this kid, this blonde kid, and I wanted to hurt him." You got like that's so. That's so upsetting. That really makes me so upset. Yeah. Yeah. That's also so weird that he specified like his hair color. Mm-hmm. Like if he was a brunette, you wouldn't have done it. Or like. Or... Well, I think because Eric had red hair, which yeah. stuck out, which is why he was bullied. One of the reasons why he was it's bullied. Okay. Having so... red hair is fine. Like I just like I don't yeah. get it. But I guess that's one of the reasons why he specifically said blonde, blonde. hair. Yeah. So then he was put under medical testing and they came to discover that he had intermittent explosive disorder, which basically means uncontrollable rage. But at the time, no one believed that he actually had this because it was very rare and it was even more rare for younger children. Mm -hmm. It was also found that his stepfather was possibly abusing him. It had been found that he was sexually abusing his sister but it was never confirmed that he also was abusing Eric. You so, don't want to think that it's likely, but yeah. it was likely. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't want, yeah. 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 So the jury did find him guilty of murder in the second degree, and he was sentenced to nine years of life. Nine? Nine years. Oh, nine years nine of life. Nine years oh. to life. <laughs> to life. Oh, to life. Sorry. Nine years of life. No. I was like, what? Sorry. Nine years <laughs> no, no, no. to two life. life. I just interpreted that Which is completely so weird. Wrong. Like, what? That's such a gap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember talking about this now. Yeah. About the, like, nine years is so odd. Mm-hmm. And then to life. life. Like, okay. Also, did they say why it was only second degree and not first? Because it wasn't premeditated. Pre- no, yeah, it wasn't premeditated. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, to so me, I, I think it was premeditated, not necessarily with the exact victim in mind but i think he was planning to kill somebody no matter what yeah he was gonna kill somebody i guess because it just yeah. couldn't be proven but yeah right anyway. 
Yeah. Yeah. So he was sentenced to nine years to life. And after nine years, every two years, he would be eligible for parole. So the first time was in 2002. Mm. At this point, he was 22 years old. Also, at the parole hearings, Derek's family was not allowed, so they would make letters and videos, like, basically begging them not to let him out. Yeah. So, in 2002, he was denied. Two years later, again, in 2004, he was denied again. At this point, he was 24 years old, and he actually was interviewed, and he said really, like, nasty things about it, because he would, during the lead up to the parole hearing he would be questioned to see like whether he should be let out and when they would ask him about the case he would go into like really gruesome detail about what he did to Derek disgusting bro yeah he was proud of it and then in 2004 leading up to the parole hearing investigators asked him if he thought if he was caught if he wasn't caught sorry if he wasn't Mm -hmm. caught they asked him um, if he thought that he would do it again. And Eric said, yes, I think I would do it again. Would have done it again if he wasn't caught. How is that not like an indicator for to just yeah. stop? So he was denied oh. again in 2004. 2010 he was denied. And then on October 5th, 2021, this was his 11th parole hearing. He was 41 years old. He was finally granted parole. People, the community of Savona, New York, protested for Derek. And at this point, Derek's parents were just devastated because every two years they would get a letter in the mail and it would say, you know, Eric's up for parole again. And they couldn't even go to the hearings. All they could do was write letters and hope that they wouldn't let Eric out. So this was I just hate the way that they can they handled this case like in mm-hmm. court. They did not it's do it. It's just right. so disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. Among other things, you know. Yeah. So obviously Derek's parents were devastated by him being granted parole. He was released on February 1st, 2022. He was released in Queens, New York, which is 200 miles away from Savona. He wound up spending 28 years in prison. He also got a fiance while he was in prison, Bruh. and he I, he will never be get that. on Same. he will be on parole for life, which means he could be arrested and put back in prison at any point in his life. But he's out. But only if he does something to break it or and mm-hmm. gets caught doing it. It yeah. makes you feel a little bit better that he's on parole per- for life, but like he's that still shouldn't out. be right. He's yeah. still out at the end of the day. Like he's not suffering how he should be. Mm-hmm. yeah does okay silly question from me again does being on parole mean he can only go a certain distance it depends yeah. on the person yeah though. okay i i would it, assume he's not allowed to step foot back into Savannah. i'm sure he can't really leave queens or new york city yeah yeah, yeah. Like it depends the on the terms of the parole yeah i don't know exactly what his are but in some cases maybe yeah it's just so crazy because my case she doesn't have parole like she's just out and about mm-hmm. it's crazy how it's only you know because it, the fact that they're only like you know not states away but like depending on where in canada mm-hmm. but if it's a whole law in canada like as a whole mm-hmm. new york is only it's only state away i just i don't know it's just crazy that like 
the countries are so close, but the laws are so vastly different in terms yeah. of like prosecuting a child. Children, yeah. Yeah. Just one more mm-hmm. uh, thing about the case. In 1993, the field where Derek was murdered was bulldozed and a t-ball field was put in the spot and mm-hmm. a statue of Derek was also put up. Oh, I'm glad they did that. Yeah. yeah. This is also like, this is kind of a silly thing that his parents said, but his mom said that she likes the idea that he is the only person in their town that has a statue. Oh, that's just a sweet, Mm -hmm. but it like, it lets him live on past when he could because he was so, so young and it's, he's going to live on there forever with that statue and the t-ball field, you know, Mm -hmm. and his name will, you know, he'll, it'll be forever remembered with, yeah. With not that it doesn't mean anything. Jasmine's anyway. case, it's like her identity is different now. Mm-hmm. And it's such a disrespect to the also, to her family that she killed because yeah. you know, she was kind of she's kind of the last in a way the blood bloodline mm-hmm. yeah. and she, you know, screwed that up. That's what I was kind of going to say. I was going to say like there's no one for them alive except her and she's mm-hmm. the one who took them away. And, and like her brother alive. obviously is insane right and it's not like she's gonna pay homage to her family because she killed them and if she were she's gonna out herself as jasmine and not you know whoever she goes by as now yeah Yeah. derek's parents also said in the video that i was watching that even though they were devastated that he was out on parole it was kind of like they can finally rest because every two years they have to deal with it again so even though he's out they kind of feel like At least it's over from him basically yeah i know exactly what they mean like, yeah which mm-hmm. i just think is sad because they fought for so long to keep him in prison i can't imagine like having to open that letter every two and it also in the mail is just so it also fell around christmas time oh when they would get the letter what a horrible mail. christmas present i know or a holiday gift like i know that that's so and the holidays are meant to be such a happy time of the year mm-hmm. but and, and they're already going to be hard because you're missing because your son your son's got, right and now you have to be reminded of it even more so hey guys so it accidentally <laughs> cut out <laughs> our outro so we're gonna have our outro now we don't have abby with us we were editing and it just cut off yeah. mid-sentence we're trying to finish it it's like it's 10.30 at night, and we're trying <laughs> to get it done so we can go home tomorrow. So sorry about that. Yeah. Basically, to wrap up what we were saying is... Monitor we, your kids online. Yeah. Uh, not overbearingly, but to a you know a fair degree, especially when they're yeah. so young. And bring your kids to therapy. Yeah, if they come to you and are like, I feel angry or sad, take them to therapy. There's no shame yeah. in it. Or at and least have more open discussion about it. Don't just be like, oh, that's fine. It'll help them in the long run. Mm-hmm. So. And a lot of other people probably too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because otherwise it could end up really bad. I mean, you don't think that mm-hmm. something like this could happen to you, but it really could. Yeah. Um. Yeah, sorry it cut out, guys. <laughs> uh, I know Abby's not here, but thank you for being on, Abby. Um, she'll be back for more episodes and soon we're going to be back to our every other week schedule Mm -hmm. once we're back at school this will be out in august and in september we'll you know have episodes out every two weeks yeah so 
Thank you for listening. Follow us on Instagram. At behind underscore the crime and on Facebook, just behind the crime. Yep. And we'll see you in September. Bye. Bye.